Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and today I'm excited to have Stephen David Leonard, who's a retired pastor turned president and CEO of Liza Leonard Designs and Stephen David Leonard. Under his leadership as CEO, Liza Leonard Designs quickly grew from his wife's hobby business at the kitchen table to a multi-million company uh, employing 150 people and operating globally. He has since expanded the business, including founding the rapid-growing Stephen David Leonard brand launched in 2017, which grew over 300% in 2018. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you, Rohit. Glad to be here today. Awesome. So, you know, uh, you, you were a pastor earlier and then you ventured into into the crazy world of entrepreneurship. So how, how did that happen? Yeah, so for uh, a few years uh, as a pastor, I was um, kind of during my time off, I was um, helping my wife with kind of the business side of, of running what was kind of a hobby business for her at the time. And uh, uh, as things were growing and as we were kind of <clears throat> finding new ways forward, uh, I decided, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at the business. We um, were experiencing some growth and we realized we needed to either hire somebody full time to do what I was doing or I needed to um, to jump in full time and, and do it myself. And um, one of the things that I noticed about business was I was getting an opportunity to meet with a lot of people and there's a lot of uh, kind of networking opportunities and um, I was really enjoying what I was doing in that role and in some ways I was interacting with people in some of the same ways that I hoped to interact with people as a pastor uh, but as a pastor you, you tend to kind of just meet with people in your church and um, and so uh, it seemed like a really uh, a really kind of intriguing way forward and, and a way to think about how to how to live out our spirituality as as business owners and um, in kind of all the relationships that we were building. And so uh, decided to take the plunge and, and do it full time uh, and lead the company. And, uh, and it's been great. It's given us just a lot of opportunity to, um, to build, you know, to build special relationships and, um, you know, and, and to think about how to, um, you know, do good with business. Got it. And so, you know, you, you were sight hustling with your with your job. You know, how long did it take for you to, you know, really make a decision to uh, to, to go full flow and focus on uh, on your main business? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it I think we're kind of in the um, I think we're kind of thinking about it for six months, maybe eight months. Uh, we were debating about um, you know, which would be the you know, the best way forward for us. And um uh, you know, again, we saw kind of rapid growth happening. So we, we knew that we had to make a decision somewhat fast. Um, uh, so yeah, it was just kind of a matter of months and, and I took the plunge. Okay. And, and, and were, you, were the revenues more than, more than, uh, you know, the kind of salary you were getting, you know, I, I'm just, uh, wondering, you know, what, what made the, the, the real decision, because, you know, a lot of founders are doing side hustles, but they, 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 they're afraid they don't want to leave, the comfortable job. So, you know, what, what made you, uh, you know, leave that job? Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I think, I think, um, 
uh, you know, in some ways, one of the issues was I was, I was talking to people in our congregation a lot about kind of how to live their faith and live their spirituality out um, where they worked and where they lived. Um, sometimes people, you know, when you're a pastor, sometimes people um, kind of think that their, their faith is for, you know, at church and, and not for the rest of the week. And um, I've always believed in, in living a more holistic life than that. But I had a I had a hard time drawing on examples and and giving them kind of good um, illustrations of it because my my professional life had been um, in that realm, and so I thought, well, this will be a good opportunity to be able to um, to live out what I'm saying and to kind of experiment with it myself. And simultaneously, like you say, you know, the the business was reaching a point revenue wise that we could afford to make the afford to make the leap. Obviously. Um, you know, we had to sit down and make sure we could pay our bills and, and, um, you know, if we're, if we were going to put all of our eggs in one basket, we need to make sure that financially, um, it would work out. And, um, so we were experiencing, um, you know, experiencing the revenue positively on that side. And also we saw opportunity, uh, to continue to grow the business. Okay. And, and, and what was the, what was Lisa Leonard designs all about? Were, were, were you focusing only on jewelry? Uh, and you know, how, how did you come upon, uh, you know, deciding to focus on, on this business alone? Yeah. Yeah. It started, um, our oldest son has uh, severe special needs and the, the business started, uh, Lisa, um, started kind of making jewelry, um, as, as a hobby, uh, she was a special needs teacher and then our son was born with severe special needs. And so she just needed something different. And uh, she decided to go uh, and start to, to kind of make this, this jewelry as a hobby. And over time uh, started selling it to friends and friends of friends. And uh, at some point we thought, well, where, where we live, it's kind of a small area. So um, we decided, well, if we're going to get outside of this area and selling to people here, we're going to have to do something different. And we got online uh, and uh, started with a, with Lisa's blog and um, kind of that, that early stages of social media. Um, and uh, um, eventually realized uh, that we needed a website because she was doing everything. She was sending every email personally. She was processing every payment personally. So uh, I told her, hey, you know, we could build a website and we could process a lot of this stuff automatically. And, um, and uh, so as we did that, every time we kind of took a step forward like that, it helped the business grow. Um, but, you know, it was kind of a combination of uh, kind of the core, the core two things were kind of sharing our family story uh, through social media, through blog at the time. And, uh, and then the jewelry that, uh, the jewelry that she was making. So those are probably the two big kind of areas of focus that have always been a part of what we do. Okay. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, when, when you're unknown, uh, uh, you know, brand in, in the jewelry uh, space, uh, you know, not many people are able to connect, but I think, I believe, you know, sharing, sharing your life story would have, you know, helped you. Uh, gain that sort of an audience, but but you know what advice would you give to people who have their own brands or who are trying to build build their own jewelry or a, or a, you know a side hustle or a hobby brand uh, into into making a much larger uh, you know life changing business? Yeah, it's I mean it it's kind of a it, it's kind of a fun story. I mean when we you know when we started, we didn't necessarily expect it to you know to get to where we to where it's gotten at this stage and. 
we kind of laugh because we don't, you know, neither one of us has, has, um, you know, a business background. Uh, we both kind of found ourselves here and with kind of complementary strengths and, and things, we've kind of felt our way forward with it. And, um, you know, yeah, like you say, it doesn't, you know, when you have a, a hobby business or a side hustle, it doesn't often turn into, you know, turn into something that's more, um, that's more established and, and it is hard. And I, I think one thing that was really helpful for us was kind of being in the right place at the right time as, as, uh, you know, social media grew up as, as things like blogs were, were taking off. Um, you know, there were some, there were some lucky accidents there that, um, you know, right, right. As blogs were becoming a big thing, you know, we had something sharing, sharing a story and people connected with, uh, with our family story and, uh, you know, and then, and then we kept having to kind of retool and think, okay, so from a business standpoint, what do we have to do to support this and to make sure that we're continuing to reach people, make sure that we're able to actually fulfill orders. And, um, and I can tell you it's a bumpy road. It wasn't always easy. So, um, there were times that we, you know, that we definitely, um, you know, experienced growing pains of having, you know, more orders than we were, you know, set up to fulfill. And um, I remember early on when we're making things at the kitchen table and, you know, getting emails that like, you know, you're the worst company ever, you know, <laughs> and we're like, well, I mean, we, we may be the worst company ever. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're trying, we don't, we, nobody ever said we know what we're doing, you know, but um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the great the great thing about the internet is it gives anybody access, you know, you don't have to, you know, you can be out there competing with big companies, even if you're kind of nobody at the same time, you're out there competing with big companies and the expectations, people's expectations, you know, go with that. They, they expect you to deliver just like the big companies. So, you know, there's a lot of considerations there. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, are you, have you built your uh, website on, on a, on a marketplace like Shopify or BigCommerce or have you, have you, you know, hired a tech team to, to, uh, to build your uh, website? Yeah. You know, it's funny. We, we kind of grew up about the same time as Etsy. Uh, a lot of people ask because our stuff is handmade. People ask, you know, if we've ever had an Etsy shop and um, it just so happens that for reasons of timing. We never went down that road. We started with our own website from day one, uh, first with, with uh, the blog and then actually creating a, a, a website with leaseleonard.com. And, uh, you know, if it had been a year later, we may well have done an Etsy shop, but uh, we just didn't at the time. And I think for us, it's actually been good because we've always been able to have our own unique presence in the marketplace. Um, we've had, you know, various kind of backend, um, systems that we've platforms that we've used, um, over the years, uh, you know, we've used able commerce, Magento, uh, a couple that I can't even remember what the names of them are. Um, you know, we've, we've switched platforms a few times over the years, but, um, yeah, but fortunately we've, we just kind of stumbled into doing it on our own from day one. And, and I think that that's been a really good thing for us. Interesting. And um, have you used a marketplace like Amazon uh, to, to, you know, sell your products? Yeah, no, we haven't. Um, okay. And, you know, our, our product, it, our product is customized. Probably the, the big thing, one of our, one of the big things for us is, is doing the personalized jewelry. And so it's difficult to, um, you know, that's a challenge for like an Amazon to know how to, you know, to kind of sync everything up so that we would be able to do, um, so that we would be able to, you know, to sell the product on Amazon properly. 
but again, I've, I've been pretty happy. Um, you know, we've, we've been fortunate because, um, even though we haven't ever gone that route, it still allowed us to grow something kind of unique on the, you know, on the side and outside of something like Amazon. Got it. And, uh, you know, you, you build a huge brand where, you know, uh, you, you have a team of 150 people, but, uh, but you've had your own struggles and obstacles, both in business and personal life with, uh, your, your parents, uh, to, to, and to son with uh, special needs. So, uh, you know, how, how you know, if, if there's a husband and wife team who works on a business, you know, or what are the few things which they need to keep in mind before they, they work on, uh, on, on a stressful, uh, you know, situation where you, you're supposed to manage money and uh, run a business together? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. It, it, it's challenging. Um, it, it's, uh, it's funny. I, it's a wonderful thing to be able to run a business together, husband and wife. Um, it's very challenging. Uh, as well, because, you know, the problems of home end up, you know, showing up when you're in meetings with, <laughs> with uh, employees, uh, problems at work end up showing up when you're doing the dishes at home. Um, and so you do, you have to manage, you, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of stress and kind of every, you know, everything kind of commingles. And so um, we've gone through a lot of learning how to communicate, learning how to keep, you know, how to keep kind of business at work and home at home. And uh, we actually went through um, a really challenging time in our marriage a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Lisa just wrote a book actually called Brave Love, where she talks about um, the, the birth of our boys, the birth of our, of our business and the rebirth of our marriage. And so she shared some of those, some of those struggles in the book about um, you know, just really having to take time out and, and kind of redefine our relationships and, and, you know, identify ways where we're not showing up and, and um, kind of having to retool our marriage and, and be more protective of it. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's very much a challenge and, and uh, you know, you have to communicate really, really well, I think, to make it work. Okay. And, uh, you know, you, you have 150 people. So, you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of problems which come in the creative workplace cultures, you know. Um, so what are, what are your suggestions on how to resolve and prevent some conflicts and problems when you work in such a, such a large work, workplace? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think one, um, it's very important to have clear expectations, clear systems in place, um, uh, we're actually because because we're uh, be, because we purchased a company a couple of years ago, and that was um, you know uh, how we grew kind of the personnel side so quickly. Um, you know, we're having to redefine some things culturally because we're we're sort of merging an existing business into our business. So we've actually just recently been going through and redoing things like our employee manual and. Uh, kind of redefining, um, you know, the way we say some of the things internally for our business so that we're all kind of using the same language about our vision and our goals. Um, so that's one thing. I think just having those kind of overall business, you know, um, those kind of overall business statements, those kind of business tools uh, in hand. And then another thing is we spend a lot of time with our like management and executive team actually talking about conflict and talking about how we communicate because, communication is the number one, basically it's the number one challenge every business, every organization faces. And, um, 
you know, Lisa and I have learned personally, and we've seen very much in the workplace that it's, it's communication and relationships um, that are kind of the make it or break it for an organization. So we read books together as a, as a management team, we discuss them. Um, you know, we work on, on putting some practices into, into place out of those, uh, out of, out of the books that we read. And we try to make it just a very open conversation that, you know, we need to bring things to the table. We need to discuss, um, and, uh, you know, we need to be able to resolve conflict, um, and be, you know, be very open about it. So I'd say those, those are probably the big things is having the right systems in place, having, uh, the, um, uh, you know, sort of making sure that you're on the same kind of cultural page and then really just talking very openly about communication and conflict. Got it. And so, you know, I, I happened to look at your other website, which is Stephen David Leonard. So, uh, so what made you start the, 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 the new business and, uh, you know, and who are, who are you talk, targeting and is the, are, are you selling the same sort of products which you're selling on Lisa Leonard? Yeah. Um, thanks for asking about that. Yeah. So, um, a few years ago, you know, we've actually heard for a long time from our, our Lisa Leonard, uh, customers, um, you know, that they would love to see something, uh, for men. And, um, we've kind of experimented here and there with men's product on Lisa Leonard.com. Uh, but, um, we found that it was, uh, it was just not the right platform for, for that product. So um, we decided to launch something for men and kind of one of the gaps that, that I really saw in the marketplace being so familiar with, um, you know, with sort of the female marketplace is there's just not really a lot of meaningful personalized product out there for men, you know? So if you want to get your husband, your boyfriend, your brother, whatever, you want to get, you know, something special, uh, you know, for a man in your life, um, it's really difficult to find. I think a lot of times, there's kind of an assumption that, you know, men are going to want another piece of technology or, you know, they're going to want another gadget or something. And, um, you know, and uh, talking with people, listening to our customers, you know, we, we saw that there was a need out there um, for something that was more personal than that, something more meaningful than that. And so um, we t we've taken that same spirit of personal, meaningful product and brought it into the men's, into the men's realm. Um, but, um, you know, as I, as I design on that side of things, um, you know, we really think about what a men, you know, what a men like, what a men use, what are, what are men's needs? And, you know, I try to make things that I like, that I wear, that are functional, um, but also have a lot of meaning, have a lot of meaning for them. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I understand for the Liesl Leonard, you focus on a blog and, uh, you, uh, you, uh, you know, you, you connect with your, with your life, uh, uh, with your family story, but, uh, but as Steven uh, David Leonard is, is, a, is a new brand, uh, you know, what is your advice for entrepreneurs who want to, uh, you know, want to get more traffic to their website, uh, which, which would be a new brand selling into, into jewelry space, uh, or into, you know, Apple space. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like you say, with, with Lisa Leonard Designs, we've always, we've always taken this approach of, of telling a story and working through social media. And um, so as we launched Stephen David Leonard, we, we really do the same thing. It's just that now instead of Lisa's voice, it's my voice. Um, and um, it's been a very important part of our brand that, um, you know, we, for Lisa and I, we've always seen ourselves more as storytellers of hope. Our, our big thing is putting something positive into the world. You know, there's so many hard things, so many negative things in the world that we want to put something positive and good into the world. And 
Um, and so, uh, you know, we use social media, we use uh, blogs and different things to do that. Um, and then we also use our product and, uh, you know, for, for Stephen David Leonard, there's jewelry and, and, um, you know, men's accessories, bags, different things. And so I would say if somebody, you know, wanted to start some, start something up and wanted to get traffic, um, you know, I, I think you have to kind of figure out what's your story, what story do you want to tell? Uh, because I think people connect with story and, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in the world, but, um, but not every company takes the time to, to tell a story. And I would even go so far as to say, I think you have to make sure your story's real. You know, um, I can think of companies out there that, um, that they've kind of manufactured a story. You know, you can read it on their website and they kind of, you know, they use these kind of big, meaningful sounding words, but it's very easy to see through it. I think the, I don't think the customer is fooled when you have kind of a, a, a corporate story, you know, cor- corporate manufactured story. I think you've got to do something real and genuine. Um, and I think people just connect with that. You know, I think, I think we live in a time where people want something more than just stuff. And so, um, you know, I think that's an important, uh, that's an important way to, to grow your brand. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that because, uh, you know, uh, it, it it is quite brave to be vulnerable and, and talk about your life story, not only about your uh, ups, but also about your downs. Because, you know, uh, the problem with social media is you can only show show show, show the best things in your, in your life, but, uh, but that's not how it, how it happens when, in, in a person's life. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you that that's true. And, you know, our, our brand is very much based around us personally and our family. And, you know, that's one way to do it. I think there's other ways to do it, but I think you're right. You got to show the ups and the downs. Um, I, I think people want to see something real. Got it. And, you know, you, you talked about bags and jewelry. Um, how do you manufacture uh, these products or uh, how do you source these products? Are, are, they, are these products made in China or are all these products made in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, we actually uh, today uh, make, I think it's something like 95, 97% of everything that we make is made here in the U.S., actually made uh, where we're based here in California. Um, we do have a partner uh, in Israel who also uh, makes some of, uh, makes a few of our products. And um, we have a supplier uh, in India that um, uh, helps us make uh, some of the bags, some of the leather um, although we also do a lot of the Stephen David Leonard leather products uh, here in California as well. So, um, and, you know, in terms of sourcing and things, I mean, we just, we always look for the, you know, for the best, for the best possible suppliers. We want, we want suppliers who are ethical. We want suppliers who um, provide great product. You know, our quality is very important to us and very important that our customers get, you know, something that's, that's going to last. And, um, and so we look for, you know, for those type of partners to, uh, to supply to us and then we manufacture, uh, manufacture here. Okay. And, and are you guys bootstrapped or you, you raised some funding from outside? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I'm really proud to say that we, we really, we bootstrapped it, um, all the way that, um, you know, we've just, we've grown it, uh, that way, um, uh, without ever receiving outside funding or, or anything like that. And, um, Again, I, I didn't set out, I, I didn't know what I was doing in doing that. <laughs> um, it was kind of a happy accident once again, but, um, but it's nice, you know, to not, you know, to not um, have to deal with outside 
um, shareholders or outside investors and you know some of those some of those issues that you can have if you're raising capital from outside uh, you know from an outside source okay and, and what's the way ahead for Stephen are you going to focus more uh, on both the brands or uh, are you going to focus on growing Stephen uh, more going forward yeah, we're. I think we're going to continue. Um, Lisa Leonard Designs has seen a lot of rapid growth, um, and so I think we're at a stage there that we'd like to continue to to grow it, but um, you know, at a at a little bit more manageable pace. Um, and uh, and then we also want to, like you say, we want to uh, focus on growing the Stephen David Leonard brand. Um, it's already seen some rapid growth, uh, you know, year and a half in, and so we'd like to continue that. Um, and uh, kind of continue to grow that. And we also have some other ideas that, uh, you know, that we'd like to put out there. Um, at some point, we do some things with, with Petline and, and some different things. So, um, so yeah, we, we have some more brands up our sleeve and some, some things that we're looking forward to as well. Okay, and uh, you know, we, we were connected with, uh, I was connected uh, uh, with you by Ashley, and uh, you know, she mentioned that you, you like playing guitar and uh, riding a bike in France. So, uh, so you know, uh, do, you, do you especially go to France to, to, to ride bikes? You know, uh, how, that's is that the way you know, for you to unwind yourself? Yeah, so cycling is one of, physical activity is a big thing for me, just in general. I, I try to work out every day. Nice. Uh, at least, yeah, four or five days a week. And, and, um, mostly just to, you know, deal with stress and, and be healthy and things. Uh, and so one of the things that I do, I love cycling. And, uh, last summer I had the chance to go to France and ride in the Pyrenees and the Alps and ride some of the, the really famous mountain passes that they ride in the Tour de France. Uh, I went with some friends here and, uh, it was just an amazing experience. Yeah. You know, it was a long time uh, in, in training. And I think we climbed something like 40,000 feet in seven days or something like that. Um, you know, rode a few hundred miles and, um, and also got to eat some great fruit food and just see France from a very different, uh, perspective, you know, on a bike and, and, you know, pedaling along. Um, so that's cycling's a big outlet for me. Uh, and then like you say, I also, I love music. And so I love, uh, a few years ago, I've always wanted to play guitar. And a couple of years ago, I just decided, you know what, I've always not done this. And because I have, you know, kind of other quote unquote, more important things to do. And I realized, you know what, this is an important thing to me. And so even though I'm in my 40s and feel like, oh, I'm too old to do this, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start taking guitar lessons and, and, uh, you know, and, and get out there and, and learn and, and, uh, you know, and do that. And uh, so I've been doing that for a couple of years and really loving it. Very interesting. Uh, so, you know, let's quickly do, do the top three where I ask the top three questions and you can answer back in a line or two. Uh, so uh, what's your favorite business book? Um, let's see, a famous favorite business book. Um, I have so many uh, business books I like. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's like my top favorite, but I think Patrick Lencioni, The Advantage is really good. It gets into a lot of different um, areas of business and it's been very helpful for us in our company. So I'll, I'll say that. Okay. And if you could go back in time when you started your business, what is the one thing you would have focused on? Hmm, what I focused on? Um, you know, I, I think I would I would focus where where we did actually on on really on telling that story and 
kind of making connection with people. Um, again, we didn't do it because it was so intentional at the time. We were just, uh, you know, we were just kind of following our noses and, and just kind of doing something. But um, knowing what I know now, I think I would go back and do the same thing again. Got it. And what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail, Slack? Uh, let's see. Favorite online tool? Yeah, probably uh, probably Slack. We use that in our organization to communicate, and it's been very helpful for us. Okay. And, and what's best way people can reach out to you and know, know more about your brands? Yeah, you can check us out at stephendavidleonard.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, stephendavidleonard.com. Uh, and uh, you can reach my, my blog there and uh, get to my social media there um, and also lisaleonard.com. Uh, and again, there's Lisa's blog and social media uh, connected to those sites. And that's a great way to, um, to learn more about us. Awesome, Stephen. Thank you very much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate speaking to you. Thank you, Rohit. It's very nice to meet you and thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.